Tigers Uncaged. Jesse and Lance talk Tigers and all things WHL with the voice of the Tigers, Tigers players, Tigers alumni, and insiders across the WHL. Here's your hosts, Jesse and Lance. of Tigers Uncaged. I'm Jesse. He's Lance. Man, we got a lot of stuff to get into, buddy. Really? I didn't think anything yeah, had happened lately. Yeah, it's been lately. a very busy week. And of course, we could not do this if it wasn't for the man, the, the myth, the legend, mm-hmm. the mouth of the South. Oh, the mouth of the South. Wow. Gino DiPaolo. Yeah. I mean, you Gino. could do it without me. It probably would be it's better. It's not the same, you... though. It's no, not the same. No, I like the mouth of the South, too. That's nice. Jimmy Rip Hart. Rip that off Jimmy Hart. Yeah. 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 That could be you. I mean, I'm from Southern Alberta. Right, You're in Southern yeah. Alberta. You're the mouth of the South. The pride of Cayley, Alberta. And very proud of that. Yeah, yeah. see? Yeah, I it's will, like Sessford. Cayley's <laughs> bigger than Sessford. Okay, all right. <laughs> I think the population of Cayley is like 250, and Sessford's still at a chugging along at a tidy 31. If Cayley <laughs> had to fight Cremona, who would win? Because they do have the Parsons family. I think but Cremona would, would lay the boots to Kaylee. Well, yeah. Yeah, well. Just because Kaylee's getting a little soft. There's more new houses and Uh-oh. stuff. And oh, man. Oh. There's a lot of development out in that place, I'll tell you. Becoming so. delicate out in Kaylee. Well, nobody wants to live in Calgary because it's too damn yeah. expensive. <laughs> Fair. So, um, so it's been, we're recording this on Thursday. It's been four days since. Uh, I feel like it's five. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, four days since we we, uh, had Connor Bedard in Medicine Hat and the mania that ensued afterwards. Uh, So just open the floor to you, Gino. Just overarching thoughts after being able to decompress after the last couple days of what was a big weekend for the Tigers on the ice, but also pretty big from... uh, from a fan's attendance point of view and just the vibe in the building. Well, 6,178 fans come through the turnstiles. Well, they don't have turnstiles. I wish we did have turnstiles. Bring them back. I like bringing back turnstiles. Unbelievable. I've never seen a junior hockey rink that full in a long time since I think back to when I was in Calgary and I went to a Hitman Vancouver Giants game circa Tyson Sexsmith era with Mm, the Giants and Mm -hmm. Milan Lucic. Remember those days well. So – uh, man, uh, thank you, Madison Hat, for uh, coming out for that game. And obviously, we the 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 main attraction did not disappoint. He scored minute thirteen in, thinking, "Well, here we go. Here mm-hmm. comes the the Bedard hat trick parade." He's got four goals now in two games against the Tigers. And but man, just the resiliency that team had and scoring right away, I think, just took the Pats right out of it. Mm-hmm. And Barn got a little loud. I wish that siren thing was like 10 times louder, but you know what? Beggars can't be choosing in a situation <laughs> like that. And it was just some great energy. Our 50-50 pot before we even went on the air, I think was what, 17K? Yeah. And yeah. there was, and there, that started at zero. That yeah, we didn't have right, money added. No, it was a starting at zero, 50-50, and I think it almost broke a record. Yeah. Like, actually, I think it did break it had, the record. It should have. It had to. It I don't ever remember being that yeah, high. Yeah, so... No. Thank you to that, and well, spoiler alert: uh, the lower bowl's down to single tickets already for March 11th yeah. when the Pats are back. So, and that game will be more important from a yes. from a actual ice on ice product perspective when you consider the playoff implications. But you know, our staff had a great day. You were amazing on the mic. Uh, yeah, hats pre-game. off to Jesse. Yeah, yeah. I was shaking in the booth because I like to throw when the video for the pre hype. I like to throw to like our, my interview with Joe Fraser on the radio or uh, Josh Macer and and hear what's going on and potentially and I forgot you were doing your promo at Center Ice or near Center Ice and 
I was my hands were just like this. I was like, we need this every game. Yeah, I'm was, saying you could Geno's... do that every game. I was that was my first Jesse Christensen. I was gonna say wrestling promo. I, I, think the last time promo I, I can't thing. remember the last time I did one. Uh, I game remember vividly against... some of uh, like up and down the halls. Remember those ones? I did. Yeah, like uh, playoff time. I yeah, playoffs to, to are always but good. I'll but do it during special. Games. I think for a lot of people though, that was their first experience getting to see one of your promos. Like I've always said, you're the best at cutting promos like in the league. Like I, I would even just say in hockey in general, you're not gonna find a host that can do it. No, like I mean, it's go, hard. No offense to. to any of the guys and gals that do, you know, NHL games, AHL games, they're not cutting promos like you, dude. No. Well, I, I get, like a lot so of Tiger cool. fans were like, "You're you're in your element tonight," and I was like, "Hell yeah, I am." I I live for when <laughs> that place is is packed, and you know, I. But it's I, the wrestling timing. Oh yeah, like the timing yeah, of, yeah. of breaks and when you're throwing to the crowd. Yes. And just, like, like, that's that's, that's an crowd. art. That's like, an art. They told me when Troy and I, the guy who's always in my ear, would tell me, "We're gonna give you a minute and a half." I was like. Oh yeah, let's go. So Ooh, I had yeah. <laughs> I had a couple things that I wanted to touch on. I w- I didn't know like word for word because then it's gonna sound forced, right? Mm-hmm. So I had a couple points that I think I knew what I was gonna make. I go in there and he goes, "Okay, we give you fifty seconds." I said, "Oh no, like I'm gonna." I, there's no way I win fifty seconds. No, you were over for sure. I had to. Oh, you were like a, that to me felt like a two minute. Yeah, I think it was a two minute. Sure. It, it could have been. Yeah. I took the earpiece out so no one could yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could see it dangling. Yeah, and I just went for it. And you know what? I looked down there. Or I looked up when I was down at ice level and I saw all those people up top and I got butterflies and I was like, we're just going to go and we're going to see where it goes. I blacked out. I wish they recorded <laughs> it because I have no idea what I said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but you, a lot of text saying it was good. It you was should good. be able to see the video at the very least and yeah. then you can do like your own version of bad lip reading yeah. to kind of put the pieces together what you said. But you, there's the, the video would exist on the CHL's like CHL Live, right? So The fact that you threw the earpiece out, I can only now imagine Troy like, Jesse! Jesse! Oh, yeah. yeah. Wind it down, wind it down. But, but hey, it, they timed out perfectly. I know. I was going to say. We yeah, weren't waiting on the refs to come out for yeah, one. The trains nice, ran yeah. on time yeah. for that game. Yeah. And Matt, that was just wild. But kudos cool. to you, Jesse. That yeah. was a hell of a yeah. No, I got to say, hell though, problem. kudos to everyone because that game had everything. I mean, you mentioned it. Bedard scored right away. Gavin McKenna had a couple points, Oof. which a lot of people were excited for the Gavin and Bedard matchup, which mm-hmm. is not really a matchup. But, uh, I mean, he had some physicality. Beckett Lanko, arguably one of the top three games that he has played. He made some saves that he probably yep. shouldn't have made. Yep. Uh, Backdoor sack Strager from Bedard. Oof. Big yeah. 50-50. I mean, everyone left happy. Unless you got a parking ticket in the in the parking lot on the way home. Then don't everyone park Everyone else, I think, had a very good experience. Wait, 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 there's parking tickets handed out? <laughs> yeah, there was a few <laughs> yeah, there of them. Yeah, there was a couple of yeah, them. That's was, hilarious. There were some like, people parked illegally. Yeah. yeah. There's like a field, like, I'm sure if you had, yeah, like. Oh yeah. no no! Those fields that are like directly right by us, in between essentially yeah. us and the uh, and co-op place. Yeah, yeah, those are private private properties. Yeah, you can't yeah, park yeah. It. it's a whole different. It's, there's lore behind that. Yeah. There's some lore. <laughs> but I mean, we had a penalty shot goal. Like, yeah, like, I kind of forget about that. Everything mm-hmm. like it was just a perfect game to be. At, yeah, really. It's like you maybe want to come back to the game against Lethbridge on Saturday. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you not jump on this bandwagon. Whether you have been there since the 11-win season or you're hopping on now, which is okay. This is the hottest team in the WHL right now. Uh, I would be in the top t- top five for sure. Yeah. And in the Central Division, I think minus Red Deer, you'd be like the second best team in the Central right now just with how you've played, who you've beat. And, man, it – it was a great all-around effort. I, I even mentioned it's going back to the people. A full building. The energy is really good. 
guys like me get better when the building's full. Guys like you get better mm-hmm. when the building's full. He's on top of his game when there's five people in the building, and he was <laughs> top-notch at 6,000. So it was just a great effort all around by everybody that worked. Uh, me and Troy, and I kind of looked. I was like, what could possibly go wrong today? Like, I don't know. Our debit machines don't mm-hmm. work, or the power goes out, or our printer explodes, which is a different story for a different day. <laughs> something like something, like we're waiting. Something's not happened yet. Yeah. Why is there anything wrong yeah. happening? And nothing did. It was fun. I wish they were all like that, to be honest. I yeah. wish it wasn't just one player from another town right. that did that. Yeah, and that's that's fair. But, it, I mean, it's going to happen. I get mm-hmm. it. I understand the hype. Mm-hmm. Bedard mania. I saw the hype. I saw Tiger fans out in the parking lot two, three hours before the doors even opened trying to get a glimpse yeah. of this That kid. was super weird. When yeah. I looked outside, I was like, why are there cars? Go to home. I yeah, saw like- security guards near the bench because you, the fans were like crazy with trying to get stuff signed. Well, there was some... A little bit of chaos at the hotel that the Pats were staying at. I know they had to usher him out the back door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, I, it was funny because I was doing some stuff down the tunnel, and I was with uh, Mickey Lanick, the trainer for the Tigers. He was talking with the trainer of the Pats. And all of a sudden, like kind of like Kramer off of Seinfeld, Connor Bedard just comes out the dressing room door. It's 1 o'clock. Yeah. doesn't have to be there until 2. But he has to be there a little bit earlier so he can kind of beat the buzz, and he doesn't mind it, he says. And I just said, speak of the devil. He's like, hey, how's it going? I was like... Yeah, yeah. Thanks for bringing the circus, Connor. Like, thank, thanks for uh, bringing this on and, uh, you know, putting some money in everybody's, you know, every organization's that's not the Regina Pats' pocket for another game. Yeah. All the teams that benefit post-deadline and World Juniors are just saying, thank you, John yes. Paddock, yeah. not true. Yeah. I, I think that's one area, too, that doesn't maybe get stated enough because it's not yeah. overly – flashy and i guess it's so far away from the game but like when you consider the fact that for the last couple of years of teams bleeding money and owners spending more significantly more than they're making to run the day-to-day operations of a, yeah. of a western hockey league team and not getting a whole lot of revenue back to have uh, a player in Connor bedard and and be the talent that he is but also in the way that uh buildings are selling just to see him from a league perspective and from you know like a healthy league kind of bodes well for everyone, right? Yes. And it's when when you start having to make tight decisions due to money that the league as a whole starts to fall down. Uh, so when you're able to to bring a player like that in and he's able to drive a bit of revenue to, you know, fans that otherwise might not have checked out a Western Hockey League game this season, it is uh, super super important. And it also maybe kicks into gear for some. Uh, I was telling you, Jesse, like I, I never considered it as much, but maybe. There, there was a subsection of people that were always going to to junior games, not just in Medicine yep. Hat, but across across the league. And then when the world shuts down and you're not able to get into the rink and you suddenly have three hours twice a week in the evenings to, to fill that gap, you find other ways to, to spend your time, mm-hmm. right? And so then when reality kicks back in and you're able to go to the games, you've already found something else that you're passionate about or a new hobby and, and you don't go as much anymore. So... Not only just the financials part of it and driving money and revenue for the league, but to to re- maybe reintroduce those fans back to the Western Hockey League, get them in the building. Like th- there could be residuals off of the second half of this season for years to come that are due to what we're in the midst of right now. To jump on top of that is I was talking to Rids in that interview I had with him on Saturday and I, I kind of I can't remember if this was on the record or off the record not that like off air or mm-hmm. not off the record was maybe this kid 
might have saved junior hockey in some ways. Yeah. I think he at least saved the Western League. Yep. Not saying the Western League was in shambles, but you needed a hero. You needed that that feel good story. Well, I don't know if it's a feel good story, but a great story and a and a great polarizing player that is bringing people in and bringing people back. It's him because I was looking at attendance the other day pre-COVID, and I even actually looked at Tiger attendance. Of course, there was like that long stretch of four thousand six, four thousand. Yeah, that was 4, just etched into stone. And the etched old arenas just sell out all the time. And and then it was like three eighty something, or yeah, thirty eight hundred, thirty four, and then COVID kind of at that two mark. And so hopefully, maybe we can get to that three or that four hundred six or four thousand six mark again. But this kid might have saved the Western Hockey League for getting new fans and bringing old fans back. Yeah, I, I, I definitely have changed my thoughts on it. I Before Bedard came, I was kind of, I was in the same boat as some a lot of Tiger fans saying, well, why are we hyping this kid up? Mm-hmm. Why are we not hyping our team up? Because we got a really good team. But seeing that game and seeing all of the kids and their dads mm-hmm. or their moms trying to get a picture or trying to be there to see this kid, we don't know what he's going to be in the NHL. For all we know, he could be the next big thing. Right. He could be nothing. But for that moment... You're right. I think he saved junior hockey because there was fans there that have never been to our arena. Mm-hmm. There are fans there that have never seen a WHL game that afterwards were like, you know what, this is actually pretty good. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'm not going to make next Saturday, but I'm definitely going to keep this in the back of my mind for years to come. Yeah, and try and get back, right? Yeah. And so if we can go back to that three, 3,500, something like that, that's a win. So, yeah. I mean, I understand what he did, what he brought to that game, and you just hope that it brings a good future to that team. Yeah, like everything stopped really quick. Yeah. And and when you stop that fast, I mean, we see it in essentially every industry when you shut down like that and then have to pick back up. There's so many parts that need to get going again to get back to where you were. Um, and, and like the argument, like could could there be a case done to market our players a bit better? Uh, probably. I mean, there, there can be something for that. But like I've been saying, there's there's also the real the reality that – uh, between Gino and Troy, who make up uh, a fair portion of the front office staff, and I'm going to talk to you about you in the third person because you're just here, and I'm not going to loop you into <laughs> okay, what I'm saying. To text anyway. But I just think, like, <laughs> with you two being first year here with the organization, there's also a feeling out period where you have to get your bearings. Like, you're, yeah. it's on your first job, yeah. right? You have to understand where things are at, and then you plan out your vision of where you want to take things. So, uh, there, there's a lot of good things in store when it comes to the local angle and, and how this team markets itself moving forward in my mind. We got um, to try a lot of new things that I think went a long way. Like we've never done a spin class on the ice. Right. How and, awesome and that was, cool. was that? But you know what I mean? Like we got that's to an experience. do Yeah, we got to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you that's what you really look towards. And then when it comes to talking about players, I, I and and promoting your own players, obviously you know, we, we have this podcast for uh, that being a reason, right? I mean, that's why we started it last year. It seemed like it was a gap in the market. We said we should do it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, this team is going to be marketing its players just as much as anyone else. And it just hits a little bit different because when you see a Bedard post go up, I mean, it's just inherently going to get traction online. Like, that's just we how it's going to go. It. But the, re- the the reality is, and you showed me, a screenshot of this when the announcement came that Gavin McKenna was being called up. The reaction to that, double, triple, the reaction of of a promotion surrounding Bedard. So people perceive 
and I, I really want to emphasize this, you perceive seeing more Bedard because you're getting that nationally. Everyone's kind of talking about that yeah. around every spot. There's not a lot of people outside of this inner circle in the city of Medicine Hat and maybe some up north that are talking about Gavin McKenna, right? But that exactly. post went over so, so well. And that was... It was like 46,000 impressions. Do I know how to read Facebook things? No. No idea what it actually means. Like that's means. 400% the amount of yeah. likes that are on the page. I agree. Just, and it's just kind of one thing after another. And I know when Troy and I have been hired, it, and there was a big change. Obviously, we there was different staff in, in Medicine Hat. I, I don't know them personally. I don't. But I know when I, I would like to think when I got hired – you're getting something different. It's and ideas are different and opportunities are different. Positive change takes a ton of time yes. to get done. And I really am trying to do as much as I can. I've been told to you know, pump the brakes about five or six thousand times already on some things <laughs> I want to do. But I, I do want to get that to like and it goes back to my entertainment first non hockey, but I know that some people will be like, What are you doing that for? Yeah. But, uh, sorry, that's just how the world works. Our extension, our, I have the attention span of a goldfish, so yeah. I need to release. You're, that. you're putting together an entertainment product. There was also some people who said, like, we we shared a, a post on our station. Uh, one of the, I don't know who it was. It wasn't you and I, but someone had posted it and said like something about the Bedard show. Yeah, and someone and like I, I saw a handful of people. It wasn't just exclusive to one, but a handful of people were saying, "Well, it's not a show. It's this, that, and the other thing. It's a hockey game." And you know what? On on the surface, that is true, but. At the end of the day, it's entertainment, and truthfully, shows are entertainment. And that's kind of like I understand there's there's more to that, and it's like it's it's more intricate than I'm making yeah. it seem. But on the like at the end of the day, really, it's it's entertainment. But you are paying your hard-earned money, and we can't guarantee you that you're going to get an entertaining game. We we can't. I'm we, not going to get you a fixed. spin studio at Center Ice every game. That's not going to happen. <laughs> but what we can do, yeah. is I'm not going to get Jesse sure. in tight pink pants oh, every yeah, game. But maybe if we put that into his. Attire that he has to wear. Every yeah, day. yeah, you can. Maybe we'll bump that, that up is. to the four thousand six again. A tanning salon for those legs, <laughs> though. Nice. But I mean, there's some like we <laughs> want to make sure the experience is good. Mm-hmm. Like I want to make sure, and I think we did. I think everyone did it. That after Sunday's game, kids, adults, were like, damn, that was fun. Yep. Like I, I'm glad I paid X amount of money for that ticket because it was more than just the Bedard show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You had everything that game. Had a lot of stuff. So if it would have been a zero zero game, let's say one nothing game, Tigers win. Wouldn't have been that exciting of a game, maybe a boring game. I think you still left happy. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. So, now that that's out of the way, because I, I think it's it's a fair point to touch on and just the the residuals of what was a very, very cool afternoon at Co-op Place and just what that meant for Bring back the buses. Do the buses every game. That was so cool. I, yeah. I think you'd obviously have to hit a certain number to get that, and my guess is you'd probably have to have the lower bowl sold. Would be You get to that 4,006 thing, which... You just gave me another idea. I want to make like the four thousand six club. Oh yeah. The, the uh, Moose Jaw Warriors named their store the Crush Can Store. Oh, they, okay, like, yeah, they yeah. don't have a Crush Can anymore. I know, but they've keep they've kept they the name. Kept of the name, it. okay. And I believe there's something to be said for it's kind of like a, a battalion or something. Members of the four thousand six. Four thousand six. Yeah. Yeah. There is something to it. Yeah. There. And there you go. Marketing meeting. Yeah. On that's a right. podcast. Wow, look done. at this. Also, if, if Tramp is from the city is listening, get in contact with Gino. Try and work something out about getting buses constantly <laughs> out of the game. Don't uh, phone me about logistics. Well, call I'm... Gino and then he'll put you in the right direction, Trampus. Uh, uh, I, I just think it's a, it's a great like they're, they're it's another avenue to get people as, in the as someone who's on the outside. Um, there there's a lot of opportunity as we see there is an appetite 
there's a lot of opportunity for collaboration, I think, between the organization and the city uh, moving forward to make exciting things happen and to do big things down the road, right? I, Jesse and I talk yeah. about it all the time yeah. amongst ourselves that there's a lot of opportunity. And I think uh, that Sunday was a nice way to highlight just when everyone kind of comes together because the co-op play staff, um, everyone from the kitchen to the concessions to the ushers and everything in between. Bartenders, um, everyone, y'all did it. absolutely incredible as everyone, well. Everyone should be proud of Sunday. Right. I know I am. I'm very proud to be a part of the team, be a part of that venue. I I left so happy. So what? That's like 20 minutes 20 talking minutes about it. We talked about okay. a, no. a puck being shot into Here we go. No. Now, now we're going to talk about it because for <laughs> anyone out there that is still on the fence saying, okay, they had a really good game. Listen, they're playing some good hockey, but I know this Tigers team. I don't think they're making the playoffs. The numbers guy on this podcast yeah, it's me, yeah. has been hyping this up. He did some more numbers. Yeah, I didn't tell you. I did more numbers. There's more numbers. Morning. There was no late night Twitter thread before I went to bed. And I went to bed late I was going to do it So last you didn't night, do it. But, but, yeah. but, and he still might. Who knows by the time I might do it out. after the after but, we record. But, but. Uh, anyone who's wondered, you know, we got X amount of games left and scheduling. Who has the easiest schedule? Who has the hardest schedule? Lance Dahl's took in pro- about an hour's time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Conducting yeah. some long. math on schedules. <laughs> I did. Okay, are you ready? Yes. I took the numbers from the fifth place team in the conference, being the Lethbridge Hurricanes, to the tenth place team, being the Brandon Wheat Kings. And I've figured out the strength of schedule for each 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 the rest of the way. Tigers have 18 games left. Most teams have 18 outside of the Broncos, who have 21 uh, as of right now. And Knowing them, of, they probably have 25. Yeah, you're right. Uh, they yeah. might have piles. But uh, <laughs> essentially, how it breaks down is this. The toughest schedule left uh, for those six teams that are in there, the Tigers, Hitmen, Hurricanes, Wheat Kings, Broncos, and Pats, is the Regina Pats. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> and that's, again, not surprising because of the division they play in. Yeah. They're, they're going to have tough competition. And if there's one team that's probably – the the most well equipped or at least somewhat well equipped to handle the toughest schedule down the road it might Olivier. be the guy with 98 yeah. yeah um or the team with 98 excuse me but their opponent win percentage is 586 so oh. that's pretty good that's, that's not bad and on the complete opposite end the easiest schedule across those six teams is the Medicine Hat Tigers let's go easiest schedule I'm, remaining i'm not saying anything because i know there's <laughs> There's three Edmonton Oil King games. There are three Oil King games. I've, I've circled those ones yeah. after after the win against Regina in Regina. I was like, you know, if I do some quick math here, mm-hmm. and if Edmonton really wants to clock out and just not show up for three games. Because they're in a battle with the Spokane Chiefs for being the worst in the league. You want a tank. I yeah. appre- Every person should appreciate a good tank. Yeah, that's right. You need to go NHL's through it sometime. tanking right now. There's a lot of NHL yeah, teams that are tanking. Appreciate it. You can. You got it. Like it's more of a. You know, it's it's a skill to have a good tank. Like, Truly it's hard. Truly, but that's the thing. Those three games, I looked. I'm like, damn. That's that's twelve points potentially. That's yeah. No, sorry, six, six points. points. Yeah. Sorry, we've already got the other the other four. So mm-hmm. out of that, but those are huge coming from the Tigers and the the Oil Kings and. I was curious on that one just because there's that home and home at the end of the year with Swift Kurt. Mm-hmm. And now that you're fit, you finish up with Lethbridge. And if you at least get one of two this weekend, you know, that's not, too, that's not bad for a season series. And a guy, in the, a team in the central that just says never really stopped moving is yeah. for hurricanes. But even then today, you're nine points back of them. You're nine points back of fifth. Yeah. yeah. And for yeah. what it's worth, it's like crazy the- to think of. The Didn't Tigers, see that happening in January. Tigers' win percentage by the nine, uh, by the way, for opponents is five thirty nine. 
So huh. it's it's knocked down a bit with the three against Edmonton. It's lifted a bit uh, with two against Winnipeg still on the schedule. Oh. Uh, you also have Kamloops and a handful against uh, Red Deer, a couple there. Yeah, so uh, those are three, lifted a little bit. Three left with Red Deer? Three or four. Mm, three or four. Two for sure. You got the home and sure home. At two, two at home and home. There yeah, might be one more as well. Yeah, I think there's another one. But there's so you have one. you have some of those that are that are buoyed yeah. a little bit, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, but it was interesting because we talk about the the Swift Current Broncos as being a team that uh, I think a lot of people are waiting to get going, right? And it just seems like yeah. they've been kind of been stuck in neutral. They're on the outside looking in. The one point behind the Tigers are three games in hand, but their strength of schedule is five seventy seven. Like they yeah. have, they they have one of the tougher schedules. Actually, the second toughest out of the the six teams, fifth through tenth, left. So the the Broncos are are far thing from a from a shoe in as and well. They, they didn't have a good time in the U.S. They did not have a good time. Mm-hmm. No, I so think they won their their final. They one, won the final game against Spoke. Yeah, and did they get a point in an overtime game? There was an overtime Might have. loss, and then there's loss, loss, loss. Yeah, like it's just that it kind of it. it says to me with with all that being said and 18 games left that you basically want to try and as a fan maybe break this into sixes yeah you have well the tires are breaking into threes yeah they're breaking they're doing... into threes which is which is very you know, micro dosing and i think on there and it's a good way to go about it for the sake of argument you can just break it into thirds for us and it makes it simple that 70 point threshold was what i was talking about to have a real, real good conversation to be in the playoffs 20 points out you essentially need to get seven points in each third now, your middle third is where both of your uh, Winnipeg games are going to happen, so that's going to be a tough third, right? Yeah. So this Winnipeg. next six games are really, really important for the Medicine Tigers because you're going to have Lethbridge twice. I think you got Red Deer twice in there. you got a Regina. Uh, you've got a Regina and a Kamloops. Those are your next six. Yeah. If you can find seven points, even a, a couple more to bank so that you're not too hard-pressed at the end of the season, if you can find four wins over your next six, you're going to put yourself in a much more comfortable position for that second third and the final third of the season. Just run rough shot against Lethbridge and win both, eh? That would be the, <laughs> the perfect world scenario. Well, let, let's talk about the last time that Lethbridge was in town. I unfortunately had to miss the game Saturday night, but it looked like the Tigers, uh, they were on the comeback train, but Lance was telling me they got in a little bit of penalty trouble first. Oh, boy. Yeah, you, you don't take four straight penalties to start the game. Mm-hmm. Eight minutes of penalties in the first minute, or the first period. That'll do it. They're really like 12 they, minutes. They, and they killed off the first two because it was a five-on-three. They killed it off. It became a five-on-four. Lethbridge scores. Then they take another penalty, and then Tyson LaVenture scores. Scores. And they're off and running. I'm thinking, this is a damn Lethbridge game again. Like, yeah. this is just, we're going to get hurricaned again. Yeah, we're going to get Lethbridge. We're going to get Lethbridge. That's right. And all of a sudden, man, you look at the goals, like Oasis Wisebutt. How clutch was that goal mm-hmm. to beat Harrison Mangan, mm-hmm. who had been a brick wall against practically everybody this year, but especially against the Tigers. And then you get a rebound chance, and he looked human at that point. It kind of reminded me of that Rocky Four moment when Rocky punches uh, Ivan Drago and cuts. I was like, he's cut. Yeah. He is a man. Yeah. That's all he is. And that's when the whole game turned was at that very moment. You finally found a kink in the armor, Harrison Manigan, and you made it a tie game without exerting too much through – at 20 minutes of play, not 40 or into that minute 50 mark of a game. I, yeah. I really looked at those moments as huge. And after that, it was just kind of the Tigers didn't give the Hurricanes much. They had nothing else really from the last 40 on. I think they 
bit of a goaltender battle that night too between that Evan second May and Harrison was Menegan. Really good for goaltending because it could have the over could have hit in the second. The over might have hit in the yeah. You're yeah, right. It very well could have hit in the second with with the chances that were being traded. Like the Tigers didn't give up a ton, but it felt like the the couple that they gave up in the second were pretty great. A eh? and Evan May was so good. Then we had that twelve minute burst of no whistle. That was crazy. I did hear about that. Yeah, that makes everyone's job a lot easier, doesn't it? <laughs> it made his a lot easier. He did I, feel. I was like thinking like. And I and I don't do this, and maybe that makes me a bad broadcaster. But I know for a fact, NHL guys, when something like that, somebody's in their ear telling them how long was the last whistle. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to say, when the hell was the last whistle? Yeah, I didn't have the stopwatch going, but I it had to be before the first media timeout, and it broke. Yeah, because they went two and two, like yeah. one stoppage, one stoppage. It broke again. towards the end, so oh, it had wow. to be it had to be over the seven minutes for sure. But it was close to like ten, twelve minutes. Yeah, um, and the Tigers, that's their. Okay. Yeah, they were we fine can do with that. that. Yep. And I don't think Lethbridge likes that too much. No, just be they're, they're. I mean, any team that maybe doesn't have the same level of of just general speed as the other wants to try and slow it down. They want to break it up and, and make it a little bit more rugged and choppy. And that's how Lethbridge plays. They're more of a rugged team, right? I mean, you look up top, and Jet well, Jones kind of just epitomizes he's just rugged. A truck. Him and Joe Arntzen, the co-captains, they they are just they're tough players to play against. But when you're constantly rolling over your four lines. We talked about how you know depth is so important. I mean, the Tigers are able to just roll roll four for 12 minutes straight, and and it serves them well. Yeah, I'm looking at the numbers here. Tigers have been to the MX Center three times this year. They've lost all three. Yeah, mm-hmm. two by one goals. Second one was by two goals. Yeah, it was so it's been very close game. games, but they have not got in the win column. Well, Nevin at the May MX. started three, and um. Beckett Lanko has started three now, so they've split the goaltending duties against the Hurricanes. I I I think I know who's starting on Friday though. Oh yeah, are we are we jumping into the segment already? Because I was I was done with the segment until you they threw me for a loop over the weekend. Yeah, I know it's going to be split this weekend. I just don't know who's starting on Friday. Hmm. I would assume. Evan May, well, I don't know. You want that first one. I know. Yeah. You want that first one. I, th- I, th- and that's to me, that's the Willie approach. He wants the first one, and then the rest is a bonus out of so that. So I would assume Beckett, but starts there's Friday, sto- and I have to look back at, as I was doing a little bit of prep today, and um, in Lethbridge, Beckett Lanco's numbers aren't swell. That's in Lethbridge. Right. Yes, they in Lethbridge is. He's better at home against Lethbridge than in the NMAX Center for Ooh. for whatever reason. Yeah. It's just, I mean, the, st- the very first time they were in Lethbridge this season wasn't great. I think no, he allowed five. So, and I think Evans going to start Friday, which would okay, which would be completely. How fun. good was he? Yeah, he was. He was incredible. I. It's his new gear. His I new think gear it is. Looks like a, he looks like a goalie that plays in the mess. And it's not time. a. It's not. What a great kid. Yeah, it's not an overuse of the word incredible. Like like it, it truly is. It was it was an incredible game f- for Evan May, and he's just parlayed that over the last little while. And three straight wins. I mean, right. when you're able to have him and Lanco that are going together, I I know I've been on the soapbox last couple of weeks saying like, listen, just throw either one in net, you're gonna have a pretty good chance because they're both playing well. But like the, this team needs to play the best that it's played all season, all last couple of years, and and they're in the midst of it right now. Yeah. It's nice having a, a hot one-two goaltender, yeah. right? And I mean, Beck, Beckett stood on his head against Regina and made a lot of saves that I don't think oh. he should have, but he did. <laughs> Kudos to him. Yeah. Evan May coming off that dub against Lethbridge, it kind of makes sense. Then Friday, you put him against Lethbridge. Mm-hmm. He just won, so you do it again. If he loses, well, then you got your backup plan going at home. You got Beckett. 
who has played them well at home. And both both stabilized well over the weekend, right? Like yes, like uh, Lanco gives up the first shot of the game to Bedard. Not his Which, fault. There's no, no shot. He's not his fault. But I mean, as a goaltender, you know, there's yeah. six thousand plus in the building. You just yeah. got to look around. You let in the first shot of the game for a guy that a lot of people wanted to see play hockey. I mean, you yeah. could like I'd be ruined mentally after that. And for for Evan May, he faces eight minutes worth. Well, it ended up being probably like six minutes worth, but yeah. four power plays he has to deal with in the first. 15 minutes of the game allows two. A lot of guys would be mentally ruined from that. Yeah. Yep. Comes back when both and, games. And he, he, he yeah. locked it in and, and through the second period, gave the Tigers a chance to get the lead and extend it in the third. Like both goaltenders are, are, are playing hot. Well, and you know what? The Tigers have given up the first goal in the last three games. Yeah. Right? They've <laughs> Which is crazy because start of the year, they were scoring the first goal in every yeah. game. And then you you come back and unanswered goals. Four unanswered against Lethbridge. Mm hmm. Five unanswered against Regina. And if you go back to the game prior to that, four unanswered again against Regina in at the Brandt Center. So Isn't that funny though? Like it's wild. Like you do mention, you know, earlier this season we were concerned about this team locking down third periods and yes. closing out games. Yeah. And now it's just a matter of, okay, like who cares how it starts? Just like find, wait till the team finds their legs. Isn't that Still how staying away though? from the one the one goal games? Yeah, like, and one, don't nothing to do with games. It. Don't but if <laughs> If like we always say, we want you to go out there and put a good sixty minutes. That's so cliche, but okay. So the Tigers had a great start, but then they couldn't finish it. I'd rather them have a horrible start and then pull Stabilize. back their yeah, yeah and have their yeah. comeback shoes on and make it exciting. Come back, win the game, hold the lead. Yes, yeah, it hasn't bothered me at all. This I'm thinking. Okay, well, usually when they score first, I think they're better when they don't when they get scored on first. A hundred percent, I think I do. Seems like it gets them going. Get some nervous. And oh boy, we can't go down two here. Or yeah, let's lock yeah. it or in. Like, okay, we're down two, fellas. We need the next one yeah. here, or we're in trouble. But that's the big thing is that there has been guys that, like across the lineup, really, you you can't pick one that have been stepping up and providing key moments. Whether yeah. it's a goaltender or it's a goal, it's a big hit, a fight. Like over the last little while, uh, it, it's just been different different players oh. night in night out that are that are making those turning point plays in the Tigers favor. There might be like and it's funny because early in Jan- or middle of January it's Hunter St. Martin, Dal Moline and Caden Lindstrom and they're still running rough shot. That's my new saying by the way. I, I don't like know it. why I like it. And but the but Oasis Wiseblatt's on a on a tidy six game point streak right yeah. now. He's playing his best hockey. He's got career numbers like a career year. Andrew Bash is had his five-game streak snap. You have Pasha Botrov, who's got four goals in his last six games. Scored against Regina. He's a defenseman. That's the thing. Are we going to see him as a forward for the rest of the season, or are we going back and forth Man, depending on injuries? I I don't know. And Brendan Lee is he's got lo- he's looking to be coming to back this weekend. He's yeah. he's full. There's no yellow. He was no yellow jersey last weekend. He was in a regular jersey. I think he's going to play this weekend. I can't put him back on that first line right now. I don't think I can. You got to right. keep twelve there. Like, does I guess this is hard, and it, I, we it should, is hard. We should ask Escondido as a whole. Yes. Jody from Escondido. Jody, talk Jody. to us because we don't we don't have Pasha's cell number, so we can't call him and ask. But I would imagine, and based off of the different things that I've read, like from James Tubb over at the news, and just. You know how how Botra has been handling this as it's for the greater good of the team, and you know team success comes first. But like, part of me thinks, and it's not just based off of the numbers, but every single game, like he looks like a good forward. He's a really 
Like, I, and I, I understand, Botcherov, that you probably want to be a defenseman. I get it, Pasha. But you, but you look forward. like a really good forward. Yeah. He, he plays the right side well. He has the speed. He offers a right-handed shot, which just plain and simple. I mean, whether he plays forward or defense, there's not a lot of righties. Well, it's not even the speed hockey-wise. of his skates. It's his finesse and his stride. Is that's just the thing, right? Af- and that's why they put him and Krebs together, mm-hmm. the effortless strides that they have. But how good has 15-3 and three looked with Rhett Parsons and Drew Krebs in this little stretch? You're not taking Josh Van Mulligan and Curtis Smythe away from each other right no. now. No. And Bogdan Zadis and Reed Andreessen are – you're hoping two becomes 27 in a couple of years for what his abilities are. I don't think you can mess with it right now. So where it goes back to the point, Pasha Botrov, I think, is going to be a forward at least for Friday against Lethbridge. And where's Brendan Lee going to play? Yeah, it's hard to argue when when you have points in eight straight. Yeah. It, it hard, it's hard to make the case to try and shake the apple cart up too much, right? Because you're right, Van Mulligan and Smythe, are are playing well together. They seem to just have a common understanding on play style with one another. Uh, Krebs and Parsons have been solid. Andreessen and Hotass look good. And and Botrov fits that top line playing yeah. with Weisblatt and and Basha. And he offers a little bit of physicality, right? Like a bit of a He's nastiness tough. to Botrov, which which fits that line really well. So to answer your question, where does Lee go? Well, there's going to be that spot opened up from from Gavin McKenna. He, yeah, and that was with. Um... Was that what McNeil and Smith? And that's playing with Owen McNeil and Shane Smith. Yeah, that's not the worst thing in the world. It's you a have, bit. You have two shooters. I was going to say you have a bit good. of a duel of riches or a combination of riches, right? But you could maybe slide him with McKenzie. Lee, that is slide you, and Lee with McKenzie as a center. So then you would go. You could maybe go because you, you're not touching Mercy. the Malin line. So you no. go Mercy down to the third line then. You go Mercy because Mercy can shoot. You go Mercic. Mercy can Mercic McNeil Smith would. I like awful. that. Like just the way that we've seen Mercic when he's able to start getting himself into good spots. Yeah, he becomes just so dynamic. Like you can see the skill set is there. It's just a matter of getting himself there. But Owen McNeil and Shane Smith, like McNeil is just your two hundred foot center. He gets below the goal lines on, on both draws. sides, right? Like yeah. he he's always below the goal line on either side of the ice Works and his tail off. Shane Smith is physical. He wins board battles. He gets to the net front area. So that almost allows a guy like Mercic to be able to roam a little bit and and kind of play as that third forward on the high side. He can read plays, try and pinch in, but he offers support to get the puck in the middle of the ice. Now, this is an option that I've also been thinking about since you put this in my brain. Mm-hmm. Because Brendan Lee's coming back from an upper body injury, you want him on the power play. That's where he, if he was to get paid, that's where he'd make his money. Yep. I think you might load manage him a little bit. I think you might not see him in five-on-five and D-zone starts as much at all. Right. He does kill penalties. We've seen it. But with his injury, I think now with the confidence you have, I know you're kind of taking – you're down to sort of, let's just say, 11-and-a-half skaters because Mm -hmm. I think you might low-manage Brendan a little bit. Just – Especially over this weekend, right? Definitely the second of the back-to-back. That's a nasty game to come back to. Yeah, they're they're not easy games. You don't know what you're going to get. It could be a very physical game. They they're gonna want to beat mm-hmm. you. up. They're still that rivalry. Oh right? yeah, they're I mean, gonna want to beat you up on yeah. between Arnson and Pauls and. Ugh. I mean, like I said, Jet Jones earlier, like they they're heavy, right? Like they're not easy to play against. Yeah, it could be something. And that, you're on the I'm, power I mean, play. I'm, I think obviously you're putting Lee on the power mm-hmm. play. That's just that you're def- mm-hmm. you definitely miss Brendan Lee on the power play. The yeah, power the top play has unit not for sure. been like numbers wise, and don't talk to Joe Fraser about numbers. Yeah, they don't he love lo- numbers. He loves talking about numbers, <laughs> and. <laughs> You know what? I think before that goal against um, 
uh, was it sorry was it Lethbridge on the power play? I think so. They were zero for they were zero for thirteen zero for thirteen zero for a while. It was, they it was were zero for thirteen weekend, after though. that game against Regina in Regina. They couldn't just for some reason didn't score. But again, they're throwing different parts because they're missing Brendan Lee. So that I think that might slow things down and, and solidify things a little bit where you're not scrambling to throw somebody in a spot that maybe they're not the most comfortable being in, and even though they are comfortable, but not their natural spot. Yeah, and so, I shouldn't say top pair or top unit because yeah. they, they, their two units they're are very, very well split right down the middle. Like, they're yeah. not overloading one or the other, but it's just there was always hot asses unit that would take the first minute, and yeah. then Andreessen's unit was taking the second, so that's why I'm... Yeah. Have they ever second. changed it, or it's just always been well, like all, over asses. the weekend? That's how it was. It was, yeah. And yeah, they over the of, weekend, they they always had it was. I can't remember exactly who well, all it'd the be players Basher, were. Basher, Weisblatt, and then they, they had, were split. That's right. They but were they split had over McKenna, the It was McKenna Bame because it was they had McKenna Bame Weisblatt. I think hot so. ass. Yeah, man, were they trying to get Gavin his first goal? Lindstrom, I think, was the fifth. Yeah, well, Lindstrom. Yeah, Lindstrom, I think, was on the. The what Lindstrom was on with Babe. I remember that. Yeah, it's just so Lindstrom that's was taking I mean. draws. Yeah, there's a bit of a hodgepodge. And was McNeil taking draws on the second unit? No idea. I can't remember. There was a blur, man. But the you'd think I remember this. Like I just I, I remember that whoever's unit with hot ass had it. They were always out first. It just felt like they couldn't really find the flow. And typically on the first time hopping over the boards, Lee was going to be a part of that. And so you kind of see just when you don't have that trigger man that. Plays are at least running kind of through when you don't have that, how it can really affect a power play. Yeah. Uh, because the second unit, who typically hadn't really run uh, Lee on it, they were able to, to find their zone entries. They were moving the puck around well. And so, yeah, Lee coming back would be huge for. Lee Loki doesn't get enough credit for just his wherewithal on the ice. Like watching even the start of the year when he was with McKenna mm-hmm. and watching Ugh. how much he helped McKenna, I really, I sat there and be like, Lee is. is He's gonna be a really good like teacher player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like helping the up and coming kids. Yep. Like to me, he seems like a like a veteran mm-hmm. that he's already taken the roles and he's helping a lot of people yeah. out. Can right. Gavin McKenna get exceptional status now? <laughs> What's the deal with this? So is he now because he did the two games? Is he done or are we he's still got one more game left? He's got one more. He's got I wonder one. when that is. March eleventh. Shocker. Shocker. Yeah. It, it, Unless uh, there is an injury and he didn't and get if there is, up. We don't want injuries right now. We don't now, want but injuries. If we get three injuries. 72 is going to be back, so yeah. you'll want to. And then we would, let's say, if uh, if the numbers work out and there is a second season for the Madison Tigers, we would most likely have McKenna for 100,000%. Which is a nice. Whenever their season's done. Whenever their season's done, I think we get, get them for. I, you know, I keep forgetting to look up the, the prep playoffs. I really should, but. Because they got to be getting pretty close. I would assume end of February, well, maybe middle of March. It's funny because there's like Junior A's only got about ten games left. Obviously, Tigers still have like eighteen games left. Like sports school, they usually go after their exams, and then you got a little stretch in February. Then there's fa- then family days. Kind of, I feel like family days kind of the cutoff, and you kind of you have like yeah, maybe a couple would... tournaments. Or you know what I'm saying? Because someone it is knows school. the answer, and they're probably screaming it, and I'm. I, I didn't plan on, on diving in. Right so I'm trying to somebody Google, Google, Google I mean, it's so hard with this. That's uh, such a terrible website. This in any case, if I, remember right, website. if I remember right, when we had the opportunity for Cole Cylinder to come through, 
which would have been the last player of similar ilk. That, that would have been yeah, that was Regina Pat's U eighteen, correct? Yeah, yeah. And he, he would have been in the second yeah. round. And so he got they got bounced. They bounced after a round, probably, or else he would have been up right he, away. He would have been up in the second round. It would have been okay. So if I remember right, I think that was the second so round. Uh, our last, the last game of the season for the Massanet Tigers is March twenty fifth against the Swift Current Broncos. I believe in Swift, if I'm not mistaken. Either way, it's a home at home. Gavin McKenna will play in one of those games because their playoffs will be done for sure. Unless mm. I have missed something there, and it's I I want to say it's March, I really do, but maybe I buggered something up here with my with my brain, and we all know how great my brain is. There's a lot so. of Tiger fans I got a chance to talk to on Saturday that had never seen Gavin McKenna, and they were very impressed with just the way that again a kid who's 15 years old that looks like he's been in the league, he's been playing this game for 20 years. Yeah, well, <laughs> like it's it's crazy. And, he hasn't got his goal yet. He was close. Harrison Menigan and God, they Drew Sim. Man, they want him. Man, they want him. So twice. close, eh? Like, he had two great, like, I'm sure Jace Desjardins will send me a, a text in about 20 minutes after he hears his podcast on Friday that how many great A's Gavin McKenna actually had, but at least four within the two games against Regina and Lethbridge. Had quite a few. And that must you got to put her in, kid. But you remember he's fifteen, and he's maybe he maybe thought about it a hair, learning a bit that learning you could see you could see the learning happening, like in real time. Because the first great chance he has against Lethbridge, he holds it a little too long, gets a second yeah. chance, tries to outweigh him to open up a short side high, and wasn't able to get yeah, it there. So with him, yeah. his third chance comes from a Parsons pass along the goal line. Yes, I forgot quick, about that. Quick one touch, right? Like he. <laughs> He immediately on the stick, off the stick, and Menegan makes a ridiculous five-hole stop going post-to-post. And, and so, like, you could tell the adjustments that were being made. He then gets in on a breakaway in the next game against the Pats. He tries to go low glove or a low blocker short side on uh, Drew Sim. Yeah. Can't get that one to go because it's just trying to find that sweet spot above the pad under the blocker. But I like how we were talking about how Rhett Parsons would never stop talking about if he set up Gavin McKenna's first ever Western Hockey League goal. Oh, man, he'd be the proudest guy on the ice, as he should be. How about that goal he scores against Drew Sim? Yeah, right. How, that that also... Also, I think Drew that took, Sim, that, how are that, you letting that, that in? That took the wind out of the sails of the Regina Pats. Yeah, you could see they that. They were not the same after that. It was the game-changing moment. It was the... Like no TSN, no offense to like, Drew Sim, but how are you how are you allowing that, bro? Um, bro. Sorry, you're I, googling, I, and I think I've been doing some digging. Can we go live to uh, Lance here? I think it's the Western Championship, oh, right? It, yeah, that's in Western. Okay, oh, I, went I was going to say because it's definitely not Eastern; it's Western, I think. Um, <laughs> and that would be March 19th. Would be the uh, that's on the same in the East. So regardless, East or West, yeah. come, would everybody be the, from Canada Sports School goes to Penticton for the finals. Okanagan Hockey Training Center. In the South yeah. Okanagan Event Center. So regardless, yeah, East or West, yeah. it looks like the so 19th. we're looking mid-March. Season's not over yet. Well, third week in March, yeah. over. Some of the big games are going to happen around there. March 19th would be the want, last. You might want 72 in that lineup card next the following week. There's that home-and-home home against Swift, man. That could be real. Listen, I... Not could be. It's going to be. It's going to matter be. for something. Any game it's as of right now to the end of the year. Yep, yep. Any game now to the end of the year is going to matter. Yeah, also true. Humongous beg. Yeah, humongous all starts, beg. All starts this weekend, <laughs> gentlemen. We've talked for forty-seven minutes. I don't really know what we've talked about, I but know. I know. Did we even that... talk about hockey for forty-seven minutes? No, no, no. We had the mouth of we the didn't. south Not really. there. Yeah, the... no. But this was a good. Fans this was a great. good episode. This was fun. There's a lot of stuff to talk. If you didn't like this episode, sorry. 
Sorry, but we're really excited. <laughs> if you were looking for like an expose, I gave you numbers. Like, like we got, we got talking about the community. Like, so you got stats, you got like community impact, and a little bit of actual on ice stuff. The it, bottom line is the rest of these final eighteen games for the Tigers mean a ton. True, true, they do. And if you can't make it to all eighteen of them, we understand. But try and make it to as many as you can because they need all the support they can get. Because you have to remember, there's some kids on this team that were a part of that eleven win season and oh, they yeah. understood what it was like to lose and play in front of eight hundred people. Yep, wins are up a hundred percent. They deserve yeah, they more are. fans in the stands, <laughs> and they deserve. They are. Numbers. This end of the season. so Not just a hat rack. Yeah, no, no, true. <laughs> Kudos to them. Friday night in Lethbridge. I think Lethbridge is transforming into the Broncos. They're going back right. in time yeah. and they're wearing the retros. Yeah, that's oh, kind of cool. Yeah, that's right. So let's take the wind out of those sails early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be swell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, home and home against Lethbridge Hurricanes. On the radio. On the radio, Wild 94.5. Gino's got the call for both. Lance has the call for one. Unless yeah. you're making your way down to Lethbridge. Are you, I was going to say, are you two DJs going to make your way down to Sorry, I'm going to Maple Creek. I have to watch round two of senior men's Maple (laughs) Creek Hawks hockey. (laughs) I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Yeah. Why did we end with this? I I got pals that are playing on the Maple Creek Senior Hawks. So do our fans (laughs) of Maple Creek watch. Listen, I got I gotta go. I gotta go. Text me the score. I will on the out of town score. (laughs) Please do. Please do. I will. Have a good one. We'll see you next week for Tigers Uncaged. This has been Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Thanks to all of our show contributors. Thank you for your help. Be looking for a new Tigers Uncaged podcast every week during hockey season.